This is Nobody Likes Casey McLean, with your host, the one and only person who thinks this podcast should exist, Casey McLean. Thank you for tuning in to the uh, Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. This is Casey McLean. I uh, I have oh I have a show I have a show on the calendar on Saturday I will be doing a virtual show with Zoltan Cassis and Monica Nevy. Go to benefitcomedy.com if you want tickets. It's uh, I think it's also on Spokane Comedy Club's website, Tacoma Comedy Club's website, Skyline Comedy Club's website, Bricktown Comedy Club's website. Very fun, ten bucks. Uh. It'll be nice to be doing stand-up again. I did a couple virtual shows. They're actually there's still video evidence of them. Uh, laughter on lockdown TV in South Africa, so fun. The South African comedy scene seems so fun. I talked to Ryan McComb on today's podcast, and I told him a little bit about the South African shows. I was referencing something and lost my train of thought. Still haven't figured out what the fuck I was talking about. I guess I just wanted to brag to Ryan McComb that I was doing uh, doing these shows. Go to my Facebook page, though. I posted a, a link to the video and then a link to the second video, which you'll hear in the story why that's important. Uh, there's a dude named Plaznar in South Africa, this wild, uh, he's a, like a mixed martial artist. And he's fucking insane. He got roasted on the first show, got mad. They shut off the feed on accident because it was hectic. They started back up. I roasted him a little bit, not quite as hard. Ryan McComb is a comedian in Spokane. Very good friend of mine. Follow him at Ryan, I think, double underscore McComb. Uh, We talk about Ryan. Ryan's dad is a comic. He's... They call him Baby Legend in Spokane. And uh, one of my good friends in comedy. Even though we are 300 miles apart, I'm always happy to see Ryan. He's always been cool to me. We talk about that. Very sweet guy. Give him a follow. Please enjoy this conversation with him. And uh, if you want to hear the full, this is another spicy one. I'm cutting out some spicy stuff. If you want to hear me sound like an asshole or Ryan talk about some spicy stuff, go to patreon.com slash McLean and sign up. Otherwise, please enjoy this conversation with Ryan McComb. Hey, this is the Nobody Likes Casey McLean podcast. Please check out my stand updates at dkcmclean.com. Also, follow me on all social media at dkcmclean. Check out stand up clips and videos of mine at youtube.com slash McLean. This podcast is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is where I host this podcast. It's where the file sits. It's also a great place if you want to start a podcast where you can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When you're hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast to all the listening platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Whatever you're listening to this podcast on, you can get your podcast to that platform very easily. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. 
Ryan McComb is a stand-up comedian based in Spokane, Washington. He's performed all over the Pacific Northwest and is one of Casey's best friends in comedy. He can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan double underscore McComb. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. All right, there we go. Can you hear me now? Are we still good? Yeah, we're still good. Let me, uh, I'm going to turn you up so I can hear you a little bit better. Oh my God. Can you see? I, I did this just to irritate you. Did, so, uh, you are a fan of, this is a modern, uh, modern fun boy thing to wear a shirt that's too many buttons down. Uh-huh. You're a fan of this. No, no, no. Um, I get, it gets hot and I'll do it. Um, and then I'm only a fan of it because it seems to irritate you. So you put on a shirt in the morning uh-huh. and your thought is at some point today, I'm going to post an Instagram post of this shirt uh-huh. and I know it's going to bother Casey. Uh, no, I just found out that it irritated you and now it's just something that I do. That's I don't, I actually think that's, that's evidence to my point that you just actually secretly love it because yeah, I understand now you can use that excuse, but I've seen mm-hmm. multiple, I think I've seen multiple low button pictures of you. No, inaccurate. I've seen you looking like you're about an eighth deep into cocaine on a couple uh, party nights on no. uh, Instagram. People have said that about me. You sweat um, like you do cocaine. Like I do a decent amount of drugs. And you're like, no, I'm think you're you're thinking of my dad, actually. <laughs> you do look like you've been pumping your fist all night in a lot of these pictures. Um, What's up, GTL baby? Are you too yeah. old for uh, Jersey Shore? Am I, no, it came out. I didn't watch it, but it came. I'm not. I'm a uh, boy. What's like the reality TV that I watched? I watched like. In my formative horny years, I used to watch uh, Real World. Yeah. Because there would be like a hot woman on there that I would uh, like. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, I think that's about it. I would watch those like challenge shows every now and then. Uh-huh. My wife watches the absolute worst garbage reality TV. So I've seen like, like uh, she watches Every Housewives. Except uh-huh. for, I think there was a Dallas okay. that she didn't watch. Um, uh-huh. She's presently rewatching Atlanta, like she's rewatching Seinfeld with like a like an academic eye for the sure. subtleties. Uh, yeah, the scene where where plot points really started. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I guess you yeah. if you watch that the first time around, you miss that they're going to call back to it in season seven. Yeah, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, sure. She started watching um, 90 Day Fiance at the beginning of quarantine. Sure. And I feel like, well, quarantine's been like 135 days long or something like that. And I feel uh-huh. like I've watched about 11,000 days of Fiance. Sure. It's a lot yeah. of Fiance out there. Uh, have you ever watched that show? No, it's, uh, no, I have not. I haven't been watching a lot of TV. I mean, I, I know that. Reality TV is something that I enjoy and I like and brings absolutely zero value to my life. So I try to avoid it if I can yeah. because I love it so much that it will. Uh, That's funny. Me. That's Did funny. You like watch Below Deck. Oh, I've seen Below Deck. Great show. That is the perfect television show. 
per well reality TV show. It's perfect perfection. Yeah, it's uh, another one where there's like many attractive women on it. Um, very often, yep. and then there's the drama that you need. I think it's like ratcheted up a little bit because they're confined together. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's. That one's not too bad. I also think that one's like, uh, there's like the one lady that's, she would be like, if it was, if you ever watched Handmaid's Tale? Nope. Okay. Well, there's a character on there named Aunt Lydia. That's actually the lady that Michelle Wolf compared, uh, your dear love Sarah Huckabee Sanders to, (laughs) uh, which we can get to that. But, um, she's like this, it would be like in a slave movie, she would be an uncle Tom. Sure. Uh, she's Samuel L. Jackson in Django, which is, she's this woman who her job is to keep all of these other women in line through force and, um, whatever. So I feel like that blonde lady, the head stew, mm-hmm. I know, I know, the, I know the terms, Ryan McComb, by the way, can you see this fucking fruit fly situation going on behind me? It's a yeah, real it's goddamn problem. I hate it. It's, this is the problem. I have a 4k camera on me right now. So you can see every fucking fruit fly. I need to go back to the old webcam. I don't think there's resolution enough to pick up fruit flies. No, and like there's no benefit to the resolution. All it does is let you see the. the it's box. worse. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth it. I'm gonna I'm gonna expand my screen so I can see even better and judge even judge even harder. Oh man, it's bad. It's a pretty good picture though, huh? It's quality. It's better yeah. than mine. I don't think mine's super bad, but no. Um. So yeah, I know that I know that lady. I know the head stew. I know the the crew. Uh, they always hate the chef. That's what I know about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The chef's always a prick. There's always some new guy or woman on the show that's uh, that's struggling to deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> There's always like a partier. Yeah, I know this. I know these. Uh, I know these people. Can I can I tell you why it's the best show? Yeah. Is because it has it's the perfect balance of everything. It has a so they they charter the boats right for these yeah. different rich awful people, and so those people are only in the boat for like two days or a week or something. They're not on for a super long time. Yeah. So basically, every week or two or three, you get a new storyline with the new um, the new people on the boat. So that mixes things up and keeps things fresh. And yep. then you have the season-long through lines of, like, the the, uh, the drama of the cast and the, the crew and all that stuff. It's just a perfect balance. And um, I successfully stopped myself from watching the latest season, but I might I might have to do it. Well, if you can binge it, I don't think it's so bad. I think that's mm-hmm. a, the kind of show that if you're watching it uh, week to week, if you're, like, dying to see the next Below Deck, you ha- you're not a good person. There's no chance mm-hmm. you're a good person. I've been there, and I yeah, am you've improved yourself. Maybe the best person. I don't know about that. Do you remember Ryan McComb? Do you remember when you and I met? I think I, I think I remember the moment. Uh uh-uh. uh. Uh, Seattle's Comedy Underground. Uh huh. Trying out for the Seattle International Comedy Competition. I do remember this. Yeah, in the green room there. Yeah. Neither of us got in. Correct. Uh, I'm going. Tom Miceford. Correct. And couldn't have been Phil Kopsinski, probably. No, it was a gentleman that you've probably never seen since. Uh, a gentleman named Will Gilman. 
Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. You nailed it. Very that. funny. But he uh, he bounces in and out of comedy a little bit. You know, he, has, he writes plays and all that stuff. But yeah, we met there. What'd you, what were your first impressions of me? Did you instantly love me or did I have to grow on you? Uh. Yeah, I, I as much as I don't like you now, I really did like you at the beginning. It was uh, you, were super, you were super wrong. Yeah, I uh, no, I mean, first off, I knew who you were because like I knew Harry, kind of. Not actually, probably I only knew Phil Kopsinski at that time out of the Spokane scene, mm-hmm. and so I had just like. I think maybe you followed me on Twitter, and I would see Harry say he called you a baby legend all the time, and so yeah, I just knew who you were, and I was always like. Uh, I maybe had a slightly inflated view of who your dad was. I was like, oh, Ryan's dad was like a big time comic at some point. Like, uh-huh. obviously not now, no. but like at some point. And then, I, I mean, he was a com. He's been a comic for a long time. Yeah, I'm not going to make you trash ago. your dad on this podcast. That's not my point. That's fine. He'd, Let's he'll do just it. Be glad them. to get mentioned. So say whatever <laughs> you want. I've never. I've actually never met or seen your dad perform. I, you never met him, even. Yeah, I only know the baby legend, not the not father legend. Mm, well, one day we'll have a family barbecue. We'll we'll gather the legends and we'll invite <laughs> you so you can bask in the glory. How legendary is your brother? Do you live Do you live with them now? Do you live with your 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 Who do you live with now? Uh, just my brother. Oh, okay. Is that How'd always you know been that? the situation? How'd you know that? Because you told me that you were going to get your brother's microphone. Oh, that's right. Um. Uh, oh, no, so you got very fucking inquisitive like I was, like I've been, I, I oh, I did, uh, by the way, over quarantine, uh, I got so bored with the shit going on, all the drama going on in comedy, that uh, I bought a, uh, background check service for a month. Did you? Yeah. I didn't run Why? you through it. Uh, I had a couple questions about some people that I was, uh, suspicious of, and I would say that, um, there were. I would say that my suspicions were not necessarily confirmed or denied. I'll, we'll talk sure. about it off the podcast. Sure. Um, I used to have at my at my old job. Um, I used to ha- we used to have access to a background check. Oh yeah. We did that, and so I I abused my power on several occasions. Uh, I'm clean, so you wouldn't have found anything. I have two questions about your background search thing. Uh, number one, how much did it cost? It was uh, like twenty five bucks for a month, and then. It had a reverse phone number thing that I added for four bucks because I was getting like a weird. I actually wish you could just get that because like for four bucks a month, I'd like to not answer phone calls and just sure. go like, "What scam is this? What what Google Voice number does this belong to?" Yeah, um, and then second question: Was it worth it? Um, I got some funny. Like I said, it didn't confirm or deny my suspicions. Uh-huh. It gave me enough to keep me going. Uh, sure. It was there's. A, I'll just say there's a couple of hypocrites running around. Is all I'll say, uh-huh. and uh, not to the point that I think that like. I mean, they're like barely comics, anyways. In most cases, uh-huh. but uh, it made me. It just made me. It was like it was very fun to go through the process. So. Yes, it was worth it, even though I didn't uncover any, like, state secrets. Sure. It was very fun. Uh, uh, so you felt validated in your skepticism of these people's character? Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't believe you paid $25 to to verify that there are hypocrites in the world. Uh, it wasn't... I didn't check everybody. There were specific uh-huh. people that I wanted to check sure. that uh, I checked. Um, 
which I think that's that goes against the terms and conditions of those services. I think you're like not supposed to, like you're, they're not those ones aren't you're not supposed to use like that for employment, which theoretically comedy could be employment. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was uh pretty fun. Anyways, that's awesome. That's way more creative and and um, dedicated than anything I've done during Dude, quarantine. So that's I, what do you think my stimulus is going towards? I'm becoming a detective. I'm becoming a private investigator. <laughs> that's you're, you're, you're becoming Batman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, so I will say, though, like immediately you were nice to me then. Mm-hmm. And especially you, so you were nice to me then. And then I don't did you ever do when I hosted Drink and Debate in Tacoma? Did you ever do it when I hosted it? No, I didn't think so. I never did that. So I came out and hosted for Ron Funches in Spokane mm-hmm. and with my wife. Only mm-hmm. time my wife has come with me to Spokane. And you were so nice to me then. You invited me to this uh rough open mic after you bought me what's it called? A baby boat. You remember, don't you, I? Yeah, you made remember. me you made me feel welcome in Spokane, which is great, right? Like that that feels there's a, a handful of comics that have and and also you weren't like on the show, so you didn't have sure. to do that. Like it like I, I've had like been places and the, the middle or the MC if I'm featuring is like yeah. really cool to me. But they were on the show. Like we got mm-hmm. and you were just like, I don't know. I, I mean I assume you came in to see Ron Funches and not me. But uh I just came in because it was a Thursday, and I I had never seen Ron Funches before, so I was just oh, curious, sure. just a curiosity. You know, there's nothing better to do. I'll go down there and give it a shot. But uh, no, you seemed a you seemed like someone that I'd get along with. Um, you had no idea we had met before. Apparently, it wasn't as magical uh, for you as it was for me. You had known we'd met. You recognized me. Yeah, when you came up to me, I remembered you, baby legend, dog. Oh yeah, I probably. Uh, no, maybe I did know you then from Twitter. I don't think I remembered meeting you at, at the. Uh, Seattle International Comedy Competition thing, but I probably recognize time. you from Twitter. Uh, but more importantly, I just, uh, you know, if I was in that situation in a different city and and there was an open mic going on after yeah. the show, I would, and I had a wife, you know, I would want someone to buy <laughs> Try to escape her. And, um, and just have a good time. I just like having a good time. Plus it, it, um, it, that mic is rough. Um, yeah. So anything to, to, bring up the level of that mic is fun you know if you bring the oh that's really in, nice to say yeah you, you you bring it up and and have somebody new to compare yourself against and and just get people's interest peaked because that's one of those open mics that that even the com the comics that go to it aren't really that interested in it necessarily yeah. you know they go because it's there and they want to work on stuff but their interest in it is is relatively low so if you can bring in a fresh face and and stuff like that it it's better for everybody I did a joke, uh, Harry Riley, every now and then I'll do a joke on Twitter that I'm like, like this is, this is a little close to the edge and I'm uh-huh. worried and almost invariably Harry Riley bails me out and gives it a like. Sure. And, uh, that day I was doing, I had just started telling this joke that I have. It's like a nine minute story now about going to Atlanta to visit my friend from school. It was I like, the joke. what's that? I know the joke. Oh yeah. It's, I call Yoshi. it my, my black friend joke. Yeah. There's a guy named Yoshi yeah. in it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, uh, there's a, but, and she's a very nice comic, but I'm going to say something that I perceived this woman. I gave a ride to a comic uh, many years ago 
to the show, mm-hmm. and I perceived her to be like a woke, like super woke, would not like me at all comic. She asked yeah. for a ride, and I was like, I get it. You don't have a car. Like, I'm the last person you asked. Fine, whatever. Uh-huh. I'll, I'll give you a ride. Not a big deal. And then we get out of my truck, and uh, in the center of it's like a bench seat, and in the center of the seat is an old set list, and it's got, mm-hmm. it says, like, black friend, big dick. <laughs> like, it's, like, if you read someone's yeah. set list, it's fucking insane. Like, they seem yeah. like an insane person. And uh, took it completely in stride. Like, she was like, oh, yeah, I, I get it. My, if I, what I name my jokes is nuts, too. Um, <laughs> but that night, I was like, it didn't go well in that place, which I don't think a lot was going well in that place that night at uh, Nacho Bur- No, not Nito Burrito. Oh, yeah. <laughs> It's not a COVID cough, I don't think. But um, I'm, I'm I don't blurry. care. I'm 200 miles away from you. Look if you blurry. die, at Look least I'm blurry. With I, you, you know? I got blurry, and I'm not. Oh, now it's back. Uh. Anyway, I did it, and it was like not going great, and I was trying new lines in it and stuff like that. And Harry was the only black comic in C- in Spokane at the show, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. maybe one of not very many black comics in Spokane. Correct. And gave me laughs at every single point that I needed him to not feel like a piece of shit. That's wonderful. He's such a good guy. And you just, you, he paying him to laugh cost you the same amount as that background check service. So that's, like, <laughs> that's pretty good. And I checked him too for that background ser- check service. <laughs> I had to make sure that uh, if I'm going to have him on the podcast. Yeah. It's gotta be, gotta be nothing but the best. This is crazy. I'm, I'm so glad to be here. Uh, you've had, Three of my favorite comics on Megan Gailey, yeah, Perry Riley, and me. Those are three of my favorite comics. <laughs> I think I've been uh, out to Spokane three, two, the two times I've featured out there. They were the comics that you wanted to feature for. Yeah, of Megan Gailey well, and Matthew Broussard. Oh yeah, I forgot you, you little, you little jerk, dude. Matthew Broussard, by the way, went to Chappelle's farm today. Oh, not today. Really? This week, last weekend, he he did shows at Chappelle's farm. Oh, that's incredible! Great for him. I didn't know I would. I didn't know um, that I would want to feature for Megan Gailey as much as I do now. I I, I hadn't heard of her, um, but she's she's one of my favorite. Comics. Dude, she that's crushes. Like, she's incredible. Yeah, that was um, my ex girlfriend. That was like her favorite comic that she ever came down and saw. Wow, I took a yeah. distant second. I assume. Uh. Distant, yeah, second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I actually was. I was wondering when you. How long have you been living with your brother? Uh, three years now, coming up on that. I see. Because when I met you, you were also not single. Now you're single. Remain single. You're still single. Yeah, absolutely. Huh? Can I twist the knife? Is there? A... Uh. No, I'm, I'm just trying to answer the question as boring as possible so there are no follow-up questions. <laughs> yes, I'm single. Yeah, when I met you, you were uh, planning a life after law school. Uh-huh. You were not yeah. in law school? <laughs> no, I was not not close to that. It was tough. I felt bad for you. You kept uh-huh. the dog. That's good. I did. She never brought it up once, and I'm I'm very thankful for that. Do you guys still talk? Uh, yeah, we talk a bit. You know, she's uh she's going uh moving to go do a clerkship down in this small town, 
in Idaho, and she's been back in town for the summer, so we chatting a little bit, uh, going on, taking the dog on walks and stuff like that, and just hanging out, you know. All right. Do you have any prospects? That, that was sadder than you. That was sadder than you thought it would be, huh? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know. I think it led me down a path where uh, I don't want to ask the follow-up questions on the podcast. Yeah, you just want to make fun of me, huh? I do, yes. Okay. Yeah, we'll save that for. What well, a, you, know you what? had such a happy life. It is it. Uh, it's really, uh, really incredible how different things are than <laughs> when's the last time we saw each other. Uh, it was you. it was uh, March because you did my show at at Tacoma Comedy Club. Oh, oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So th- my life was already. I look terrible then. I look way better now than I did then. Do you? I can't tell. I was a wreck. I had like super long hair and this beard. And oh yeah, you did show up and ask me. You're like, do you have a hat that I can <laughs> wear? And I was like, why didn't you plan that in Spokane? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Says the guy who's forgotten his show pants every time he's come to spokane shirt show shirt <laughs> okay god damn that's true <laughs> yeah that i've bought shirts in spokane every time i've come wow that's funny that i would have never remembered that and ryan mccomb yeah that's because uh it's important to me i know you're gonna make fun of me so i have to keep things in my back pocket to make fun of you on uh just because i know it's coming it's like never bring a knife to a fist fight or whatever would you ever date a comic? I'm not setting you up with anyone, but... Uh, sure. I don't have any... Mm, no. No, I thought about I thought about it for a second. Because my first instinct is, sure, because, um, you know, I, I would appreciate someone who understands the lifestyle of, a, of someone who enjoys doing comedy. Yeah. And understands... I, I think a lot of people fail to realize why it's so important or and why it means so much and why you can drive five hours to go to a show for twenty dollars and and drive back that same night and then because i don't pay very well that's the deal what's that is the reason because i don't pay very well is that the yeah yeah well no but but it's um it's it's someone would understand that and so i get that and i know that you can't you don't have that same passion or that same dedication in other areas. Someone who, who would, who would appreciate that would yeah. be nice. Um, but, uh, I, everything is going to go bad eventually. Um, kind of <laughs> my, my, my mindset right now. So that I just, my mindset is like, okay, when this goes bad, where is it going to put me, you know, and going through it, like, even hooking up with with another comedian and then if you had to be in the same scene with them afterwards and just that friction and that awkwardness i'd be like no we're i'm good i can't i can't deal with this when it goes bad i can't i can't move you know yeah i feel really lucky that so my wife's a teacher which is Mm -hmm. definitely a very different job from comedian but she gets something out of her job besides money Mm -hmm. and i think that is a thing that makes her not to say there's not friction, right? Like if, I mean, I'm very selective about if I'm driving five hours, I better at least be breaking even, uh, now. I mean, it wasn't always that way though. Right. Like you and I was, I was talking to, uh, 
Oh, it was on a, it'll come out this week, but I did this. I've been doing some shows with these South African guys on, uh, on, uh, Zoom or on, uh, one was on Instagram live and one was on, uh, StreamYard. Okay. And then I did a podcast. They're comedians. Uh, and then I did a podcast with one of the dudes that was on both shows, a comic from South Africa also. And, um, I've completely lost my train of thought on this. Uh, I get, I get something out of what the fuck was I talking about? My point is, is I get something out of it, and she gets something out of it. So I think there's like she makes a, um, she understands. God damn it! I'm so fucking mad that I was gonna make a good point. I did, I wasn't just bragging that I'm doing Zoom shows in South Africa. Uh-huh. By the way, yeah, you, you're like, all right, I hit my talking point, which was South Africa, <laughs> yeah. and now we can I'm end the podcast. You. I uh, yeah. they, hello to the people of South Africa. I do. Uh, I did have a guy. The guy. Uh, one guy. I'm gonna send you a picture to your your Facebook right now because okay. he. Um, He's so fucking insane. His name is uh, Plasnar. Hell yeah, love it. And goes by one name, Plasnar. Come on, come on, pictures. How did you meet this gentleman? A local comic over here in uh, Tacoma named Ashley Gudermuth. She set me up with them because she's done a couple shows with them also come on where are you plasnar it's so worth the picture without the picture it's uh oh yeah okay here you go uh so it's this dude that's probably like five foot six so she she set me up with it she's done a bunch of shows with him it's the guy on the left in the picture Uh, he's uh, he's five foot six so the guy on the right is the guy that i've done most of my communicating with yeah there you go uh the guy on my on the right, I've done most of my communicating with. His name's Mario. Great dude. No, he, he doesn't tell any of the comedians that this dude. There's Mario. If you're if you're uh, if you're on the Patreon and you can see the video, mm-hmm. uh, that that was Mario. So there's Casey right there. <laughs> that's exactly what I look like, just like Mario. So he doesn't tell any of the comedians this Plaznar dude's going to be on the show. Okay. And then when the show starts. He's just getting a phone call from Plaznar, from Plaznar's car, and Plaznar starts screaming at him in this language called Afrikaans. Or Afrikaans. It's a, like a the second. It's the language besides English that's a primary language in South Africa. Okay. And secondary language. I think it's probably the primary language, and English is the secondary language. But mm-hmm. uh. I think most of the people watching and all the comedians performing are performing in English and he's screaming in this language. And then you watch him. He's like, he runs out of his car, still not speaking English, still yelling, goes in a door. And then he's on the couch next to Mario. So he's, uh-huh. he was outside of Mario's house. Now yeah. he's inside of Mario's house. There's like 25 minutes of banter. Uh, <laughs> and it's like, I don't understand what the fuck this guy is saying the whole time. There's video of this, by the way, on Facebook. Okay. Uh, and then, oh, did you did you also see, by the way, Plasnar? Not only does he have the crazy hair, did you check out his uh, four front teeth? His teeth, yeah, they're gone. Missing, I don't know where they are, but they're not where they're supposed to be. Missing all four front teeth, and then the guy that goes up first goes uh, 
he gives him like he just starts roasting him instead of doing material he starts roasting uh-huh. him and plasnar gets kind of mad and starts yelling at him again in a language that i have no idea what the fuck he's saying yeah and he, they get so mad that they accidentally cut the stream so they have to restart it and bring it <laughs> back up to get all the people back on and then they're like okay the next comedian coming up uh sorry about all that the next comedian coming up She's a woman from uh, North Carolina, blah, 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 blah. Uh, ah, shit, I guess she's not on here. Okay, we're going to bring up Casey. He's from the United <laughs> States. Like, classic bad <laughs> comedy intro. But what yeah. I found out is that Plosner is, like, a famous dude in South Africa. He has, Damn. like, 130,000 Twitter followers. Wow. So I'm trying to build up a fan base in South Africa smart you know once this travel kicks off that's the first place everybody's gonna want to go yeah i did have a i i did this podcast with this guy andrew mack and one thing that's kind of interesting about south africa is they have some of the same like racial tension that we have oh sure as you'd expect right like it's i mean one of the only places i think in africa that have a very large white and black populations in the same place Uh and uh they're almost like it's it's interesting because they're like less. I think their most recent form of racism, like or their most recent form of like acute racism, was almost unarguably worse than what we have right now in this country. Uh-huh. And right. they're less sensitive about like racial jokes there, sure. Which is interesting to me because yeah. uh, you'd think it would be the opposite. You'd think it would it would trend the opposite. I hadn't thought about it, but yeah, that makes sense. Or maybe if there's if there's such a powerful example of racism, maybe it, it it's like a terrorist attack or something, right? Like it's so right. big and so acute that it that it it the shockwaves of that are are larger. You know what I mean? Like maybe that maybe that makes sense. I didn't get I'm back at all. What... So you should probably just trust me on this. You said what? I'm an expert on race and race relations, so you should probably just trust me on this one. Yeah, I mean, me too. We all are. All of us yeah. white guys. I think we're all uh, experts on race relations. Yeah. Did you fall down this week? <laughs> I'm trying to think of what was the f- oh I I went my my friend's uh, dog when you when you fell down the stairs and landed on your own dog. Oh yeah. man, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, I you know, sadly, if you want to bring the mood down. The dog in question passed away. R.I.P. Uh, not my dog, but my friend's dog. R.I.P. Huba. Huba passed away between. Yeah, he had a uh, uh, cancer. Then and now, jeez. I don't know if that's something I should be putting out on the podcast. People are very private about that stuff sometimes, but. <sighs> yeah, uh, rest in peace to that funny story. I know I really, one of the really one of the. I appreciated the story while it was here, <laughs> and now it's just not funny anymore. One of his last last acts on earth was making me fall on my ass three steps down a porch That's i have funny. i don't know if you can see me again oh it's almost it's almost gone but right there is the last remaining scab from i like yeah. ripped a bunch of skin off my arm that's so funny the dog was just like i have nothing left to accomplish anymore that is as good as life gets watching this fat dude fall down yeah he's and a man on his own dog that's he, it I'm he was out. a really cool dog he was uh he made me very jealous that we didn't have a dog um he never liked my dog i will say that but he was always he's great with he was great with humans and made me wish that we had a dog 
Yeah, sometimes dogs don't get along. There's nothing you can do, but you can't, like, sit them down and be like, hey, things are cool. I know, we've had our hit. There's, like, dog counseling. You can, like, talk them through their problems. Yeah, They I don't know. like each other. They don't like each other. Yeah, like, even, like, obedience. Like, that's the thing I've, I've realized since I've had a dog. I think I said this on that episode, but, like, everybody's dog is fucked up. Everybody's dog okay. has a problem the way everybody's kid has a problem, right? Like, Or every human being or every creature has a problem, right? Yeah. Yeah, they have, like... Like, my dog doesn't fetch well. She's, uh, like, way... She has a super high prey drive for squirrels. So she'll, yeah. like, almost rip my wife's shoulder out of her socket sometimes if she's, you know, not paying attention while they walk. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, man, they're just all fucked up. My dad's dog bit my sister. Like, when we first got our dog... My dog, by the way, would destroy my dad's dog and was, like, so aggressive towards my dog my dog's very gentle like only ever had one thing where i was like you gotta relax they're laney but uh she yeah my 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 dog uh i'll talk shit she uh she fucking dominated my sister's dog my sister's like, dog tried a bunch? huh like hump the dog a bunch no no uh she, the dog was trying to take a bone from her, and she my my dog grabbed that dog by the scruff of the neck and held his head to the ground. Nice. It was uh, it was a what quite. Do you call it, what do you call it when your dog like, humps another dog? I mean, it's your dog's. I thought yeah. I thought you meant by dominated. No, not not all domination is sexual, Ryan. I don't know what kind of life you lead over there, but uh, I've, I see by the unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt and pepperoni nipples that the. Uh, what makes these pepperoni nipples? Can you show them again? Dude, they're sure. fucking... That is pepperoni. Those things would curl up if you if you uh, got them hot enough. I'd like to see you try. I'd like to see you try to get them hot enough. That's what I'd like <laughs> to see. They're, uh, they're fine nipples, but, um, you know, they're fine. I, I'll tolerate them. There's nothing I can do about them, so I'll learn to love them. They know? look like pepperoni pepperoni that got dropped on a barbershop floor. Yeah, they're pretty hairy too. You're right. You're not wrong about this. Let's get them close. Uh-huh. There's, it is just like a ring of hair too. What is it supposed to be? I have a my. I'm not going to show you my body because I'm modest, sure. but I have like a full tank top of body hair. Cool. That's yeah. sick, dude. I think that you said it's because you're modest, but I think it's because you're scared of getting patrons on patreon and you're, you're <laughs> that's, more, that's more of an only fans kind of uh have you watched any comedy specials over the the quarantine did gary goldman's come out during the quarantine no that was 11 years ago actually oh dang it oh, that's right it was it was right when i turned 17 that's right that's when it came out i think uh, i think it was 2019 that it came out the great depression true? Has it been that long? Uh, I watched that one. I watched Hannibal Burris's special. The new one, uh, the Miami one? Yeah, I didn't even know that it was a thing that had happened. And I just randomly, I, I was craving Hannibal Burris. Um, came across that. It was I saw that hour live um, when he was in Spokane. So I'd already seen a lot of it. But Where did he do in Spokane? Uh, the Knitting Factory. Oh, yeah, because that, he had a show at the... Is that a chain? Yeah, yeah. There's one in Boise and one in other places as well. Yeah, I think he had a sh- like a famous show in Brooklyn in the at a place that was called the Knitting Factory. 
Yeah, I don't know if they stretch that far, but that sounds right. I so I went to the knitting factory to see Hannibal Burris, and then I went to the comedy club to watch Kyle Kinane, and it was wow. on Friday or Saturday night. So there were two shows, wow. and as I came up to the, as I as I walked into the Spokane Comedy Club, one of the managers or something said, "Oh, Hannibal is going to come over here and do a guest set." That's great. And so I was losing my mind. I was like, literally, I'm watching. Kyle was already on stage, so I assumed that he was just going to wrap up, and then they was going to bring Hannibal on to just mess around and make people go crazy. So I'm standing to the right of the stage. The show's wrapping up. The host is back up there, and I'm literally jumping for joy. <laughs> I am so excited to see this crowd just lose their minds. And then the host goes, all right, everybody, have a good night. Oh. And then the show ended, and I, I, all of it, all of my excitement was washed away. Um, and then I went to Gamers, the barcade next to the Spokane Comedy Club, and uh, drank a beer while Hannibal Burris played pinball behind me. So, oh, that's fun. Yeah, it was pretty great. Um, I don't know that I've watched any more. I saw. Well, let me tell you about Hannibal Burris. I saw that hour live at Laughs Comedy Club in Seattle. Oh, nice. Which I think probably holds, like, 150. Nice. And uh, apparently he's, like, old friends with the owners. They were, like, some mm-hmm. of the earliest people that booked him. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did, in Seattle, he just, like, kept adding shows. So he did, like, he did a show at Parlor that I was, like, on the list of people to MC for and did not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was, like... That was like a bit like I was like ready to cancel another gig if that happened. I was like in com- communication with the producer. Yeah. Um, and then he did like two theater nights and then he did a weekend at the comedy club and then like another different theater. And then I think he went, he might've gone to Spokane before or after that. Like he was in Washington. I remember for like sure. over a week, like doing yeah. shows all the time. I think it was like three theaters two comedy clubs it was a crazy stretch and seeing him in a room that's like one i think they brought the technology or it was like rented like because it had like the projector screen and his dj he did all the special effects while he was at laughs yeah i don't know I i actually haven't watched the the full special but i don't know what it looked like in a theater setting but he did a lot of stuff he maxed out what laughs could do and he had a uh, byron bowers open for him who's a guy that i've liked for a long time too did he do you remember who he had open for him i don't recall i feel like it was a woman though that's not byron bowers i can guarantee that okay i feel like it was a i remember it was a woman who was the daughter of someone famous and that's all that i remember i'm so bad about you know how you know how it irritates you and me and in, in any like feature how you know, audience members will say like, "Oh, I, that that person was so funny." I don't remember their name, but they were fun. That's exactly <clears throat> how I am, though. I don't. I'm terrible with names and remembering who. That's who very was. annoying of you. Could it have I been? Don't... Was it a black or a white woman? Don't recall. Wow, you just don't see color. <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> nail you down on race, Ryan McComb. I told you I was so I'm so good at race relations that I don't see color. That's exactly how this all works. Um, that might be because you live in Spokane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly why. I'm just like, I don't, it's all the same to me here. I don't know what's going on in the rest of the world, but yeah, it's crazy. Uh, are you going to move? 
no, I was looking into. Well, I'm going to move to a different place, but not a different city. I was looking into it, but uh, I would. I, I'm going to take another year, which I know this will turn into three years, and then I'll be in Spokane for the rest of my life. But uh, you'll have a young baby legend of your own. Precisely, yes. If if my single life goes the way I'm planning, I will have several baby legends. <laughs> um, no, I. I uh, so basically, what happened was I lost my job um and so i was looking at it and looking you know looking into the different things but it's better if i make that decision rather than the universe i mean presenting me with uh instead of it booting me out and me just feeling the pressure to make something happen it's better for me to take the things i learned from my like what made me nervous about moving in the last couple of months hone in on that stuff so i can be more confident and make a better decision a better move and be in a better place to i want zero excuses when it fails i want to be able to if it fails me moving i want to be able to only blame myself just commit suicide and not feel any like you might have had some things go against you like just end it that's the idea i uh when i was looking at moving um and people would ask I, it wasn't very many people, but my the question, the answer that I always um, kept in was somewhere with a lot of bridges, just in case it doesn't work out. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Have any of the people I've known, what at least two comics from Spokane that have moved for Could comedy purposes. Sorry, you broke up there. I said I've known at least two comics from Spokane. What? I I said I said that have killed themselves and oh, that wasn't funny. All right, go ahead. That I've moved elsewhere. Yeah. How's it going for them? Uh, Greg Beetzler's still over in Tacoma. Oh, yeah. I don't even consider Greg Beetzler's like a... He's us now. He's not you guys anymore. That's fair. Uh, who do you know then? Glatzmeyer? Oh, shit. Glatzmeyer. Mike, Michael Glatzmeyer. Uh, he moved Michael at the perfect Watson. time. He moved uh, right at the beginning of a pandemic. That's great timing. Michael is so dumb that I think the universe created the pandemic. <laughs> just to make sure that he failed. Like, he's so dumb that they're like, there's no way that this can work out. Didn't uh, Tom Meisford move? Tom moved. Tom moved to Chicago, then moved back. So that didn't uh, go the way that he'd planned, I don't think. I'm glad he's back, but um, I don't think it went the the way that he planned. Who else did you have in mind? Um, oh, no, there was another guy, like Stephen Ty. Is he a Spokane guy? Stephen Ty, uh, I think he started in Spokane, yeah. I, he moved to Portland initially, I think, and then he moved, to, I think he's like in Orlando. He is, uh, he had a girlfriend in school, um, and then he did a thing where he moves with her places. Whoa, then, wait, her hold on. So they stayed together? They're still together. It's so weird. Oh. He was like, to sacrifice and like go along with... That like, makes you know, it a lot easier to move with them. Yeah, make her... Yeah, I'm looking at a place in the small town in Idaho. It's super weird. We're going to see what happens. but. Um, and then, oh, man, Michael Evans? Michael Evans, yeah, I said his name earlier. He moved to Seattle, and then he moved to L.A. He uh, he seems like he's going, he's going super well down there. I've seen some of his clips. They're funny. He's working at the improv down there, or was before everything ended. Yeah. Um, I know he's working with Mike Mazzalotti at that podcast studio a little bit, or he was anyway. I don't know if they still are. Yeah, yeah, they're doing that thing. They produce some good podcasts that 
I've listened to occasionally. Um, but yeah, they're, so it's about, what is that? What's that percentage-wise? It's like a third of them have gone. And then, well, there's one other, uh, Mika or Micah Lawman. Mika Lawman? Uh, yeah, she's in Atlanta now. I think I more people her... should move to Atlanta. Like you? Oh, dude, I would love to move. To... I'm never going to move. That's uh, I'm stuck here. My family's too rooted here. Uh, that's fair. Oh, yeah, you have a whole family and stuff. I'm a free bird. Yeah, you just have a Papa Legend <laughs> Yeah, and a brother. Papa yeah, Legend. I mean, my, my wife's family lives here. My my family lives here. Basically, the rules are, like, if I got a writing job in L.A. or New York, like, I wa- when we land New York or L.A., I can pay the rent for both of us. Then we could you move. You guys have discussed this? Yeah. Hell it's, yeah. it's called a healthy oh. relationship, right? <laughs> oh man, that's, that's crazy. What's that like? You got you guys, you guys I'll, like both love. I'll tell you what other? it's like: is I'm fucking not pursuing a writing job in L.A. or New York, and I don't know if you know much about how you get writing jobs. I don't know that much, but I know that very rarely do they just hire some random dickhead from Seattle to do it. Yeah. Hey, I know you didn't apply or show any interest whatsoever, <laughs> but. We've seen we those want tweets, four though. people that listen to your podcast, and we think you'd be really good at listening. Yeah, we're one of the four people that listen to one of your 11 podcasts, and we think we see something. We see something here. I think I'm losing people along the way as I do a, a new podcast. I think I lose, like, one one listener every, every new podcast. <laughs> Um, whatever works, whatever you want to do, you know, it's your artistic pursuit. So if that's what you want to do, do it, you know? Yeah. Uh, you did, you made me bomb a joke one time. (laughs) I love this already. I don't know what you're talking about quite yet, but I cannot wait. Go ahead. Did you do a guest spot in front of Megan Gailey? I don't remember. I listened to that podcast and I couldn't remember if I got a, I, I did. I got a guest spot that I did. Okay. So did I, did I tell the story on the other podcast? I want to no, tell. No, I was just listening to it and I remembered going to the Thursday show and seeing you guys and passing by Megan Gailey. Oh, okay. And then I was trying to remember if I got a guest spot or not. And I definitely did. Cause I was running my set for the yeah. Seattle international comedy competition um, tryout tryouts happening soon. So I, I ran it anyway. Go ahead. I made so Megan Gailey weekend. Cause I first did, weekend. Hold on. Don't, 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 don't fucking, uh, it's the first weekend I'm selling merch. My whole <laughs> fucking comedy career. It's been going yeah. great. I think, mm-hmm. uh, Thursday, Friday, I sold, I brought like 36 shirts. Mm-hmm. I had sold like 18 shirts. Saturday comes around. Uh, Ryan McComb goes, can I do a guest spot? I'm doing 25 or 30 minutes. Uh, stay, time stays the same. That's great. Always happy. I'm one of the, I'm one of the comics. You ever heard comics when they, uh, they get their time cut and they're like, that's fine. Less work for me. I'm not that comic. I want to do more time. I always want to do more time. He's not that guy. He will, he will kick the host. He will, he will, he would murder a host if it meant getting seven more minutes. Who's that? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I would. I'd murder you even if you weren't on the show to get seven. Don't murder me. All right, go ahead. What did I? Please tell me how I ruined your comedy career. I love this. So, 
the shirt that I was selling at the time was a joke about how my cat is not my biological cat. Uh-huh. That's what the shirt says. Cat is not my biological cat. Been uh-huh. going great all weekend. <laughs> I don't remember your exact joke. I know that it, my my memory was that it. I knew that it wasn't the same joke. But the second I heard you telling it, I was like, "This is gonna fuck up my joke. This is not good." And uh, bombed. My joke bombed. I think I sold two shirts that show. Yeah. Because your joke I, was like uh, very similar to my joke. We have a couple of we have a couple of jokes. Well, like, I've been stealing know. jokes from you since I met you. I know, that's but this why, one was one that I, was mine. That's why I didn't remember meeting you. Is because you just sat in the back and just wrote down my premises. And yeah, and the punchline jokes about the same subject. <laughs> we have. Uh, yeah, we have a couple of premises in common. I remember that. Maybe that's why I thought we would get along well. Um, what was it? What's the other one? Because the one, the I, cat one, was something about what was the? What's the cat one? I can't remember yours. Uh, mine, mine. I can was barely about, remember mine at this point, to be honest with you. I remember yours because because you. So you, in your joke about your cat, you offhandedly mention as before you had a kid, and you mentioned that you can, you don't have to. Uh, something about a pet fee. Something about a pet fee. Um, oh, yeah. No. Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. I say uh, you don't have to pay a pet deposit for a kid. Exactly. And mine is the same is the same joke. Mine is, or the same premise, rather. It's that I get mad at the people in my apartment complex because I have to pay a pet fee for my cat. Oh, yeah. These kids are running around causing all this trouble. And yeah. no one has to pay a pet fee for them. So it's a, a similar joke and mine is better. <laughs> um, uh, well, because and but but I I explore it more. You offhandedly mention it, and it's a it's a line in your in yeah. your joke. It means the whole premise of the joke. Like that's that's the the punch. Yeah, line mine's that, tighter. Yeah. That's what we're saying. Mine has less bullshit around the punchline. Yeah, I get it. I get that's what you're saying. Exactly, I get what you're saying. <laughs> what I was trying to say. Yeah, yours is tighter, and mine's like it's just so many small good jokes that all line up into one bigger joke. Your brain is so small that it can only think of one observation. I wouldn't even call it a joke, really. It's just like a thing that's a fact is what I would call it. Um, you know what's embarrassing but, about that joke is that it's obviously better than it used to be, Like, for, but that's the first joke I ever did on stage. That Like that really? chunk, yeah. Your first joke you ever wrote is the same premise of maybe the best joke i've ever wrote that is fucking embarrassing for That's you incredible, man. <laughs> wow uh well you're so one yeah, of my I, you're one of my biggest inspirations in comedy so really no absolutely not you're gonna start wearing <laughs> shirts and button down no that's uh your, your nipples a little bigger so you can be like me i have like uh i'm like a dime nipple kind of guy you are yeah i know you'd think yeah. i'd have fucking sand dollars but that's such I, that makes me that makes me so mad that makes me so mad that is not fair it, at all yeah if i have like look, perfect nipples and a very bad rest of the body and you have a decent body very bad nipples your nipples are as big on your body as my body would be on your body like your nipples are compared to my nipples are my body compared to your body that's so. That makes me so much more angry than it should. Yeah. So tell me about what, we're, what were you saying, huh? You want to trade nipples? 
Yeah, let's cut them off and let's let's. Uh... You never take your shirt off in public anyway. No one ever knows. Absolutely not. Your wife will understand. Uh, so how did that affect you? Because I remember, I remember recognizing we have a couple of similar jokes. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's another one? You have a you have a joke with the premise of a gender reveal party, correct? Or my yeah, I, I do. Remembering. I don't know. Uh, I don't know if it's going to survive the sensitivity of the world today, but I do mm-hmm. have a joke like that. Yes. Yeah, and at that point in time, I was doing a joke about a gender reveal party, um, and I feel like there's there's at least one more. I can't remember right now because comedy was a thousand years ago. Yeah. But yeah, we we had a couple premises in common, and I believe I don't know how this will make you feel, but I believe it was a conscious effort, or not a conscious effort, but. I made a conscious decision to not leave that joke out, even though I knew it would put you in a bad spot because I was running a specific set to audition for, for a thing. And I was like, this is going to, I didn't, I actually think that I think you came up and said, Hey, I'm going to do a joke. That's kind of similar to one of your jokes. Is that okay? Uh Which one, like, impossible position to put me in i'm gonna do, i need to run this very specific material for this very specific thing uh can i do it impossible position to put me in one but two yeah dude i'm gonna let you do it like what i'm not the fucking headliner one two like isn't that like every comedian is supposed to think like i can fucking follow whatever if his joke is better than mine he should be in my spot tonight i mean you feature there also i'm not trying to but like the, um, and I was fucking wrong. I should have told you no. Cause I mean, if you would have, you would have explained it. And I don't know how much of this was, was in retrospect to you, but if you would explained that said like, and, and said, Hey, I know you have to run this. Um, but I, 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 I truly hold zero animosity and I went home with uh, like four shirts. It's not, it fair. wasn't, it wasn't a, I just remember I was trying to think of, uh, what, the funniest thing that's happened between us is. And mm-hmm. for me, the thing where you made me bomb on the part of my set that was responsible for two thirds of my income that weekend. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, I love that. If you'd explain that, if you would have thought it that far through and thought like, a, this makes me kind of uncomfortable anyway. And B, my merch sales depend on this joke going at least. Okay. So with that in mind, could you not? I would have understood and said, sure. I know this joke works. I won't be able to practice my set exactly like I want to, but yeah. I respect you and I know that you um you know, I know I know what it's like to, to go out of town and rely on those merch sales to not have to explain some bad news to somebody. So yeah, sure. Los Angeles Clippers guard Lou Williams is undergoing a 10-day quarantine after being discovered to have stopped at a strip club for chicken wings while outside the NBA bubble. Uh, Los Los Angeles Clippers guard Lou Williams, uh, he broke the NBA bubble. We just got done talking about the Miami Marlins and this is, I I suppose this is how you end up with 15 guys contracting coronavirus is you have somebody, uh, 
You, they break from the herd. Lou Williams went to the Magic City Strip Club in Atlanta. I actually have been to a strip club in Atlanta. I don't remember the name of it. I'm certain that it was not Magic City. But I'm also from the Northwest. And uh, in the Northwest, you can't even drink alcohol in strip clubs. You, there's not, I think in, uh, or sorry, in Washington State specifically. I think in Portland and Idaho, maybe you can. Um, and I would never trust the food. It's every... In, a, in Washington State, every strip club has, like, a very faint smell of... It's, like, a combination of semen and bleach from one being used to clean up the other. Uh, I think that strip club chicken wings that get you a 10-day suspension or 10-day quarantine get you in trouble with the NBA have absolutely got to be the, the best chicken wings in the world. There is no better endorsement for magic city strip club chicken wings than Lou Williams being able to put, being willing to put his NBA career on the line. Atlanta has a scene. Atlanta has some wings, by the way, that are uh, lemon pepper wet. If you've ever watched the show Atlanta, there's a scene where uh, Paperboy goes to a place or Lemon Pepper Wet Wings. I went to Atlanta in, I think, 2007. Uh, it's the only time I've been. And I had wings there, Lemon Pepper, for the first time. Could never recreate them. Literally, that scene let me know. I was like, oh, just add butter? That's the solution to so many cooking things. Add butter. Those originated in strip clubs. There's a great, uh, what is that? I think it's First We Feast, small documentary on it. So go check that out. But I will tell you if I'm ever in Atlanta again, against my wife's better judgment or her wishes, I'm going to be eating at Magic City. That might be enough to franchise them as a food restaurant without the strippers, that level of endorsement. On July 27th, the Miami Marlins announced that 15 members of the team, including two coaches, had tested positive for COVID-19. As of the time I'm recording this, I believe there are 15 Miami Marlins who have tested positive for COVID-19 recently. They played a series against the Phillies. Both the Marlins and the Phillies are now in quarantine. Uh, I think the like literally the league is deciding if they're just gonna just gonna end the Marlins season. The decision got made by Don Mattingly via group text with players like the night before. Should we play? This is the problem with this is like. If, as a sports fan, this is so fucking embarrassing because this is the exact perception that people have of athletes and quote-unquote jocks is that they believe the rules don't apply to them and all that shit. And in this case, why is Don Mattingly 
the one who gets to decide after three Marlins have tested positive for COVID-19, that day, if the team plays the game. I mean, it goes without saying, the end, the Major League Baseball needs a an independent arbiter of this. More strict than the NFL's concussion independent doctors. But Don Mattingly, he has to be fired. Regard, I mean, honestly, Alex Cora, Jeff Lunau, A.J. Hinch, Carlos Beltran, the kind of like soft belief is that these guys are, I mean, they're suspended, I think, for a year each. But the idea is that they're pretty much going to face a lifetime ban from baseball for cheating. If they deserve lifetime bans, Don Mattingly should get criminal charges. This is criminal. Like, at this point, putting your team in danger like that, we're not ignorant anymore. That's criminal negligence. Miami is a fucking hotbed. Maybe, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. Just like I wasn't, I'm, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer. So, but it's very bad. He should be fired. He should be fired for a variety of reasons, but this is the most disastrous start. The, I mean, truly, the only thing that could make this more disastrous is if a player died from COVID-19, and hopefully that doesn't happen. But I, you could almost not have imagined a worse disaster for Major League Baseball in its first week. Defund the Marlins. Except for I think Derek Jeter has already defunded the Marlins. Destroying their uh, their payroll. Remember when Donald Trump said that he was throwing out the first pitch at a Yankees game on August 15th? Well, he lied. He fucking lied. So it turns out that Donald Trump lied about throwing out the first pitch at a Yankees game, which is... uh, There's been points during Donald Trump's presidency that I've tried to get people to understand how funny it is. The last year has been pretty rough, especially the last six months, pretty rough because there's been like true and measurable consequences of his actions, but Lying and saying that you're throwing out the first pitch at a Yankees game when you're not scheduled to throw out the first pitch at a Yankees game is truly the most endearing thing he's done since I cannot get over how goddamn proud Donald Trump was standing behind a table looking at a mountain of fast food. I always do this. I, I think of it like uh, the little the kid on Big Daddy would do this thing where he'd uh, hit his wrists to his sides when he was excited. Donald Trump was on the verge of or doing that, staring at this food. And by the way, uh, big Fauci fan here, but Anthony Fauci, garbage arm, worse than Fifty Cent, maybe the worst first pitch of all time. 
not a COVID cough, but uh, but maybe Dr. Fauci get. I'm not gonna go down that conspiracy theory road. There's a video out if you haven't seen it. That's I can't tell why. This is what sucks about not uh, wanting to consume the news. Is there's like what this is what happens is like a bunch of people in lab coats walk up to a microphone, speak with the authority of a doctor, and then. Twitter and Facebook tell you that they're lying. And it's like, is this like a situation where like a chiropractor? Because some of those like internet doctors, it's like, oh, they're a chiropractor and they're they're hawking immunity medication. This is pre, pre-COVID. Are these like, are these fake doctors? Can someone explain that to me? Email uh, nobody likes Casey McLean at gmail.com if you would. I think I... I think I have that. Or tweet at me, Instagram or whatever, at the Casey McLean. Find me on Facebook. Explain to me who these doctors were because they were. Uh, I get. I didn't watch the whole thing. That's the other thing too. It's forty-five minutes long. I'm going to devote forty-five minutes to this thing. <coughs> the two social media outlets have decided as a hoax. Not the not the pandemic. The video. I'm not doing that. I'll trust them, I guess. This is how we're going to get let off a cliff. They're probably right. I believe them. But I don't know why. It's faith. This is the new faith. Who needs religion when you have Facebook? The Seahawks made a huge trade for elite safety Jamal Adams. The Seattle Seahawks traded two first-round picks and I think a third-round pick along with Bradley McDougald to the New York Jets for Jamal Adams, a fourth-round pick. Jamal Adams and a fourth-round pick. This kind of trade I hate normally because Russell Wilson has been young for a long time. And the Seahawks have probably not properly... If the Seahawks had won the Super Bowl against the Patriots, I think you could make an argument that they had properly capitalized on Russell Wilson. But he was young, and he was cheap, and now he's expensive, and he's 31 years old, and he plays a brand of football that doesn't necessarily age incredibly. He is a guy that has tremendous arm talent so i think that he can be around in football maybe into his late 30s but you have to believe that you're approaching the last two or three years of prime russell wilson we've seen his athleticism already drop off so do i think the seahawks overpaid for jamal adams absolutely my friend brought up a good point that it's a player who is technically in a year where I think you could get out of his contract. <laughs> As the league approaches a an expected downturn in cap space compared to projections. Also, it's like 
the difference between Jamal Adams and Bradley McDougald seems pretty large by nearly every measure and evaluation. It's a need position. And again, the window's closing two to three years. I think the Seahawks have two to three years as perennial contenders left. And then it's going to be kind of the way the, the Patriots have done with Tom Brady, where they try to make, and obviously they're not doing that anymore, but where they try to put together a team one year, make a push. So you got to do it. And I, I, people talk about how the Seahawks are bad at picking in the first round. It's true, but it doesn't justify giving up valuable assets because you can always trade those assets. There's nothing magic about the first round. The Seahawks just have a wonky draft board. Sorry for saying wonky. And as I understand it, Jamal Adams actually reduces the Seahawks cap number compared to Bradley McDougald. So it gives them potentially more chance to sign Everson Griffin or Jadavian Clowney, which is, that's great news. I am less concerned about how many first-round picks the seat. Because the other thing about a first-round pick, let's say you're actually good at drafting in the first round. The chances that guy's going to be as good as Jamal Adams in two to three years are pretty slim. So, yeah, give up those first-round picks. Go for broke. I'm rarely an advocate of this, but Russell's prime is ending. You have to. On July 23rd, the NHL Seattle group unveiled their new name, the Seattle Kraken. I don't like the name Kraken for the Seattle hockey team. It's unpopular. My opinion is unpopular. I've never been more wrong than in the last couple of years. Uh, I've never been more wrong about human behavior than when Donald Trump won the GOP nomination, which I wasn't surprised when he won the presidency, by the way, because he was a main party candidate. You can't be surprised about that. But I'd never understood the human behavior that allowed him to get to the nomination. And I was blown away, as blown away, uh, how popular Kraken was. Every time they would do one of these polls, there were 75 sources that did these polls on the names and the fact that Kraken stuck around blew my mind because Kraken is such a corny name. It is very obviously from the clash of the Titans movie, which to me makes it, I know it's not from clash of the Titans, by the way, I know that suddenly everybody, everybody became a, a Norse mythology historian, a Norwegian. Is that what you call it? Norse? Anyways, everyone, the same people that became overnight epidemiologists and political scientists, last election cycle are now suddenly mythologists. They're, they know the mythological history of the Scandinavian sea. Give me a break. Everybody knows that from Clash of the Titans. Every, I haven't even seen that stupid movie and that release the Kraken meme and line. I've heard a million times. I know what it's from. It's as corny to me as the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. It's as corny to me as the Toronto Raptors being from Jurassic Park. It's so corny. It's so obviously driven towards meme creation and marketing. 
and not at all attached to the Northwest, not at all attached to the region. I am a fan of all of our local sports teams. Regional pride matters to me. I'm wearing two two local brewery and bar shirts or pieces of apparel right now, and it's not just because I drink too much. It's also because I care about this region, and Kraken is not a regional name. I've heard people make the argument that because it's part of the sea, it belongs to the same region as us. That's like saying that lobster are part of our region, that Maine lobster are part of our region, that southeastern uh, United States Marlin, that's part. Why don't we just name the team the Marlins? It's so at least the Mighty Ducks, at least the Anaheim Mighty Ducks is a movie, and the team is based very close to Hollywood. That is a regional product. Here, Kraken? No, that's a the sea is not a region. The salt water covers 70% of this earth. The sea is absolutely not a region. And the fact that it's named after a movie is embarrassing. And if you're going to name it after a movie, by the way, why don't we call them the werewolves or the vampires? Because at least Twilight was filmed here. And then people go, oh, there's also, it's, they're not the only ones. There's also, they have a drink already, the Kraken rum. How embarrassing. That was made in 2010, just like the remake of Clash of the Titans. And that doesn't make it less embarrassing. First off, that rum isn't created in Scandinavia it's a New Jersey distributor that saw a marketing opportunity. And they made Kraken rum because of the popularity of the movie. Also, if you're going to name the team because there's an alcohol out there, name it the Seattle White Claws. You know what a White Claw is? It's a wave, an enormous wave in Hawaii. Hawaii is not our region either. But at least it's from the same ocean as touches our state. You got to be kidding me. I think the most, I wanted steelheads. I wanted sockeye or sockeyes. Steelheads would have made sense to me because there was a Negro Leagues team, baseball team, many years ago in the steelheads. The Mariners have paid homage to them also. Uh, I thought sockeye sounded cool for hockey. Ultimately, the thing I think that this, this region would have liked the most or what would have made the most sense is like the orca whales or the killer whales. I think that would have been pretty cool. But the, Can the Canucks, the Vancouver Canucks, which isn't that a slur? Isn't that almost a slur, by the way? But the Vancouver Canucks, uh, their logo, for some reason despite being called the Canucks, is an orca whale. Very unfair that they got a shot at that first. I, I wasn't in love with the Metropolitans. I think that uh, the Totems was potentially insensitive and would have made some people unhappy, rightfully. I'm not arguing against it. Uh, by, the, by the way, by the way, this room is working. It looks like I'm a big fan of the Seattle Fruit Flies. Here's the thing to me. This is a marketing play, no doubt in my mind. This is a team name that has marketing already built in. There's sound clips. There's memes. It already exists. This is like the search engine optimization version of creating a sports team name. 
The jerseys, amazing, by the way. Or the, the, the sweaters, they're amazing. They look great. That Anchor logo, the alternative logo, looks amazing. But you want to know what word is noticeably absent from both jersey options? Kraken. It sucks. The name sucks. I don't like it. I'm going to root for the team, though. And by the way, I don't have to like the name to root for the team. And I don't have to agree with every single person to be as much of a Seattle sports fan. People have turned sports into their own cults. I don't like the name. And a lot of people don't like the name. A lot of people do like the name, which is very confusing. But uh, the name sucks. That's my opinion. Thank you all for listening to the podcast. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at McLean. See future stand-up dates at thecaseymcclain.com slash calendar. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Ryan McComb. Kraken sucks as a name for a hockey team. Um, that's all I have. Thank you, and I'll talk to you next week. Thank you.